0: Welcome to the Moms on the Level podcast, brought to you by Next Level Moms, real, authentic, honest conversations about being a mom and more. And here's your host, Faye Morgan. Hey, everyone.
1: Thanks for joining the conversation today. Back with us is our senior teaching leader, Amy Ellis, and special guest, Julia Gibbs. First, let me turn to Amy so she can say hello and update us since the last time she was on Moms on the Level
0: everyone. It is so nice to be back with you. Um, Faye, thanks for having me on today. I have had a big transition in our lives. We've moved up to Missouri in the last, well, it was three months ago this week. And um, we are serving now with Ethnos 360 training here in Roach, Missouri, and loving every minute of it. We're so glad to be here. We're so glad to be a part of what Ethnos 360 is doing. And um, yeah, we're loving life here in the Ozarks.
1: Oh, and I cannot wait personally to come and see you and um, we're trying to work on some stuff together too to do up there. So um, I'm excited that you're in Missouri and Missouri is a better state because the Ellis's are there. Oh, got thank it. you. I'm yeah. um, <laughs> so I'm so excited to have Julia back with us. Um, first of all, I just want to tell everyone a little bit about you, Julia, in case they didn't listen to our third podcast that we recorded, which was um, where you were our special guest and it was entitled Get Your Manna, where you talked to us about the importance of being in God's word. So if you all haven't listened to that podcast, I think Amy was on that one too. So um, it's episode three. Um, So Julia has been teaching the Bible for more than 20 years. First as a daughter and then as a spouse of a soldier, Julia has moved 24 times nationally and internationally. She is the author of the, oh, and here's where I mess it up, but um, Summa Lacrum series, I think I said it right. An allegorical biblical fantasy series which seeks to examine and comprehend scripture through the life of Verily Harper. Julia is a mother and military wife who holds a degree in philosophy and psychology and has an MS in counseling psychology. That is a mouthful. And that is exactly why we want her on because she is not only a counselor, um, but she's a biblical expert. If you've never seen her YouTube channel, she is amazing. The word of God is just like inside of her. And it's so amazing when she teaches to all of us. So I thought that um, she would be perfect for this. Um, Amy and I have been talking about this topic of lot, teenage girls and our our teenage girls and how we can be better parents to them and this age that we're living in. So when um, we wanted to do another podcast with Julia, it just seemed natural to just kind of integrate that. So I'm just gonna jump right into it because I know we're all gonna have a lot to say. so I'm going to throw this question at you, Julia. Oh, first of all, let me let you say hi and update on anything you've been doing.
2: Yeah, it's so good to be with y'all again. And I'm excited to, I know I can see y'all not in the podcast world, but I can see y'all's faces. So it's wonderful to just be here. I'm, I'm excited. Oh
1: Well, we love having you, girl. Um, so I'm going to try and ask this question because it has kind of two parts. And so if I fumble through it, um, I'll reward it. But... The topic today is, and we are entitling this, Got Teen Girls Insight and Tips with um, Julia Gibbs. So um, let me try and set this for you, Julia. You're in a room. It's a bunch of teenage uh, moms with teenage girls. And if you could say one thing to them to help us during this time in parenting our girls, not just so that they survive these teenage years, but actually thrive in them. What would you say to all these moms eagerly awaiting (laughs) to hear some encouragement and uh, inspiration?
2: Yeah, I think the first thing is to realize that family is part of God's plan for redemption. And so the relationship between you and your daughter Um, between me and my daughter, right, is not just something that happened. It is a planned part of God to help us transform to be more like Jesus. And so when we first off, when you set the framework of that relationship, then you can start stepping into this relationship with my teenage daughter, The world has defined it as it's going to be a time of rebellion and frustration and anger. And honestly, one of the first things I hear for years, I'm sure y'all have the same experience when I say I have a daughter is, "Woo, how's that going for you, you know, as a teen. And I just think that realizing that we should not walk in that as believers, don't get me wrong, there are hard years but hard for a believer never equals bad. We believe that hard years are years where iron can sharpen iron. So not only am I pouring into my daughter, I should start realizing God's actually using her to sharpen me. So the number one thing when we frame it in that is to realize the hardest part of mothering a teenage daughter is that It sharpens you by having you deal with generational sin patterns. Okay. Generational sin patterns. What do I mean by that? I mean, Hezekiah in scripture, if you go back and look at Hezekiah, he's a king of Israel and he kind of, you know, some days did great things and some days did not so great things. So I can identify with that. Um, And he has this moment where he disobeys God and out of pride shows everything he owns to Babylon. So the prophet comes in and tells him, because of this, your children, um, your children's children are going to go away into slavery. They, they are going to be put into bondage because what have you have done? And when you step back as a parent and realize you, everyone reading that as a parent goes, what a terrible father, because what he says to the prophet is, praise God, it won't happen to me. Praise God, it will be my children that go into slavery. And as a parent, when you read that, all of us go, how could you do that to your children? But in reality, if we don't let the spirit of God heal what I'm going to call generational sin patterns, things that you might've learned from your parents, things that maybe you just learned in your own lifestyle because of decisions and consequences that we ourselves have made out of our free will, if we don't allow those to heal, then we are, as I would say, hezekiah our children. We're letting them go into bondage over the things we don't work on with Christ. I'll give you an example. I grew up with a very military father. He was militant, if you would, though loving. And, but anger was one of his first responses, right? Like he just kind of would explode honestly. And, And I'm not saying anything that my dad wouldn't say. Yep. Yep. That is true. And, um, he, he, but now he's one of the kindest, gentlest men you will meet through the, through this work of the Holy spirit. But I grew up with that. And so I do that you know, I become like Paul, the thing I don't want to do, I end up doing. And then there's this moment where my daughter comes in and explodes on me. And I want, do you remember the Christmas story? Um, There's this moment where um, Alfie, I think his name is a Ralphie says a bad word. (laughs) Is it Ralphie? He says a bad word and she drags him upstairs and says, where did you learn that word? And Ralphie says, there is no way I'm going to say from my father every day. So he blames the neighbor kid who, you know, it's kind of a funny, but that's the truth. When my daughter is yelling or, or kind of coming unglued, I can either be like, who are you? We're in the world. Did you learn this? Or I can listen to the father going, maybe just maybe some of what she's doing, you taught her. And that is hard. That, I, and I am telling you, I am no expert at this. It is like those moments where you go, and you step back and you go, okay, Father, help me by doing the deep inner healing work of breaking that sin pattern of anger that I have walked in so that it does not put my child in bondage to anger because it's the pattern she knows, because as Paul says, you know, once you agree with it, this is in Romans, right? I think it's Romans eight. Once you agree with it, then it seems good to you. That, that natural sin pattern becomes good because it's what feels good. So that's the first thing I would say is stop and ask the spirit of God, in what ways have I become Hezekiah and not dealt with my own sin patterns? And then I'm seeing them play out in my children and I don't know how to respond because it's an open wound.
0: Yeah. I totally appreciate what you can, what you're saying, because I can see that in my own life, what I want to focus on is their behavior. I want to focus on what, what are you doing and why are you doing this instead of like, how can I respond in a way that's going to draw out their heart instead and, and reach their heart as opposed to fix these little behaviors that they're doing? Um, one thing I was told, one thing I heard when someone say one time was like, never tell your children they're embarrassing you because that's about you. That's not about them. Mm-hmm. And I, that has really stuck with me. So there have been times where I'm saying, I'll tell my children, you know, you're acting very embarrassing, but to you, not to me, like I'm fine, but you might not want to act this way, Mm -hmm. but still it's like that it's getting to the heart of it. And and the only way I can get to their hearts is if I get to my heart, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I find that the exact same thing. Some of the things that my kids do, it's like, who, who did, who taught you to do that? And uh, hello, you know, turn the mirror around and look at myself and say, you know, I taught you to do that in some way and you've taken it on and made it your own,
1: you know, thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is so good, um, Amy. And I'm so glad that, um, you know, we all as moms just want to do and want our kids to have good behavior, right? But it's so hard, right? To look at our own behavior at times and see what it is that we're doing wrong. And um, Amy and I have talked about this topic a lot. And we have shared um, our struggles and our successes and um, so many different things um, with this and tips and encouragement, scriptures. Um, but one of the things that I really want to kind of um, point out here that um, Amy taught me that has really made a huge difference in um, my relationship with my girl. Um, is, is that, so I'm the type of person that I want everything to be happy. And I like a party and I'm just like, I don't really like dealing with conflict. I know it's necessary. And as a Christian, I've learned that we have to deal with conflict um, and stuff. But, you know, our home has been pretty, you know, cool and pretty okay. And, you know, lots of parties and lots of stuff. How, however, Coming into um, the teenage years with my daughter, there has been the shift. And my natural tendency is to, okay, well, I don't want to be part of that. If it's not going to be happy and it's not going to be pleasant, I'm going to withdraw. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that I do is as I just like, I, because I just want, you know, um, happy land Mm -hmm. all the time. And that's just not reality. And I think that that's one of the things that the Lord has like, you're mm-hmm. going to have to deal with some of this stuff that you're not going to be happy about. However, it will make you a better person. And what Amy said to me was, and it really, I've tried, been trying to do this, is that she goes, you actually have to spend more time with her. Mm-hmm. You actually have to be there with her more, be with. And so that has been something that I have been working on. And so I've done different things in order to um, coordinate um, doing things with her and things with her friends and um, taking her. And so I'm not a girly girl. So um, she loves like her hair and she loves this and she loves that. And so, you know, going to Lululemon, it is like, An act of love for me (laughs) because (laughs) I don't want, I used to before I had kids like them all, but since kids, okay, I just got to go in and got to go out. But so those are some of the, that is the major change I've made is to spend more time with her. And it also goes against, like, I think it's one of her love languages, spending quality time. And mine is gifts and words of affirmation. So, it kind of goes even against my natural fence, not just my preferences of happy land, you know? Um, so, let me ask you: is this what are some things that like that where I've changed my patterns that you guys can share with us?
0: Well, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be a little open here. I have to say that I have noticed in my parenting that when things get hard and the kids are not obeying me, I walk away and I just stop the conversation and walk away. And so guess what my kids do? Hmm. They walk away and I'm like, get back in here. Why are you walking away from me? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's because I walk away. When, you know, when things get hard and I've done that all their life and I, and I don't know why it's just when it it's, it's, I walk away to take a breath. So I'm not angry, but I don't explain that to them. And so they don't really know why I'm walking away. So it doesn't help. So now I'm, I'm, I'm working very hard at staying at staying and just being silent and being patient and waiting for the Holy spirit to give me wisdom for the right thing to say, because I don't want to lash out at them in anger. I am over like yelling at them. I am over um, just the frustration and stuff. What I want is what can I say that's going to bring not obedience because that needs to be a condition of their heart, but that's going to bring an understanding Mm -hmm. of what I'm trying to say to them. So, you know, I've, I've really found that that's something that I do now that they do kind of like what you were talking about, Julia, Mm -hmm. um, that I want to change in them. And I want to change it by changing it in me. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And and some practical, as we're talking about that, that I'm thinking um, some practical things about teens in this society today also is when you're having rough seasons with kids, We are always spiritual and physical. The moment that stops is called death, right? That's when your spirit is. So, God created us in this realm. So, I always also try to look at what physically is going on with a teen. You know, you've got a lot of emotions, the body is shifting, all of this is happening. But now, more than any other time in history, our children do not get sunlight. I know it sounds so simple. But God literally created your body to need that. It's health. And so they're in school. If they go to school, they can be in there for seven to eight hours a day under fluorescent lights. So I know it sounds like ah, it is huge. Um, when we get into teens drop the fight, flight or freeze hormones, that adrenaline, when they get upset, they're dropping those hormones. Well, they're not metabolizing them because they're sitting They are mostly inactive, the teens of today, they're mostly indoors, the screen time is so high. And I know that we're talking about really practical things right now, but if you are struggling, if you are at that moment with your team, where you feel like, okay, we are about to go at it, which all of us have been there, one of the healthiest things you can do is go outside, both of you go walking. So those are some practical things and and the other thing I would tell you with teens that I notice over and over is sleep. Mm. It is vital that they sleep during these these times and sleeping without blue light. So the cell phone thing. I know I'm getting real practical here but honestly they should not have it an hour before they sleep would love if it's not 2 hours before they sleep because blue light is stopping them from getting to that REM cycle sleep. And so a lot of this is like phone shouldn't be in the rooms at night that should have a parking station. And and these are just little things that your teens don't love. But we I always tell parents, if you were in a room, and someone turned out all the lights, and you could not see, the kindest thing for someone to do, it would be take your hand over to the wall and tell you, this is the wall. Now slide around it. So you can feel everything in this room. It is unkind to turn off the light, shut the door and be like, figure it out. Right. And so often I want us as parents to remember helping our teens in positive boundaries like that of, hey, you need to be outside. Hey, you know, you need sleep. Hey, the phone gets parked. Those are also really important parts of the, these years of parenting through hard seasons.
1: Um, <laughs> you've hit on two <laughs> things that in our home are uh, non-negotiable as mm. far as, um, well, I will say non-negotiable because my kids love running. And if you know anything about me or you know me personally, you know that my children are cross-country runners and Mm. well, they're long distance runners because they also do track, but they do the long distances. So being outside is something that's natural to them. They love it. They they thrive on it. My son more being, I think that he's a boy, but the sleep thing, I felt guilty because here I, with teenagers, I'd go, go to bed, go to bed. I start that at about nine o'clock, go to bed, go to bed. And I felt guilty. Like, Oh, I started to feel like, Oh, you know, they're old enough. I should leave that to them. And then I had a good friend say to me, you are loving them well. And this friend also happens to have a PhD in counseling and she works with a lot of kids. And so I took her advice and it is something that we do. And, um, with the cell phones, yes, we we have, my daughter turn it in at nine, goes to my room, and my son 10 to 11, it goes, because he's older, it goes into our room. And this, we just feel, it just um, takes, takes it away from them. Like it takes, they don't have to think about it because we're helping them make good boundaries. And, mm-hmm. and that's something that we say to them, you know, we don't, if we don't think you're making good boundaries, we're going to help you make those good boundaries for you. And so there's also, and I'm going to muff it up the organization. Um, There is an organization that their whole thing is logging time outside. It is like, I think it um, comes from like some sort of homeschool program, but it's, it's got a website. I can't remember. And I don't, I can't remember whether it's, logging a thousand hours outside or, or if it's another number, but that is the whole thing. And they kind of give you ideas and they do um, events and different things because it is so important to be outside. It is mm-hmm. just, and, and, and for adults too. Yeah. I, mean, like, I don't think it stops, you know, once like, you know, you're 25. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, when we, you know, you have to get creative in how to do that. And I think Julia, you hit on something really important that can meet several needs. First, the being outside need, but also the time need. And um, I realized that my oldest daughter, like actually both my daughters, but if I, if I spend just a little bit of time with them each day, just, or if I just, I mean, just for them, just for individually, each one, if I spend a little bit of time, then um, they Respond so differently in situations than if I just send them out, Mm -hmm. and that's hard for us because we, as moms, have a lot to do. We have stuff to do, we're making dinner, we're getting stuff ready, we're cleaning the house, we're whatever, finishing up our work from whatever, or reading a book, or we don't really get much downtime. Well, when am I going to get some me time? You know, there's all these things that are fighting us for time, but but this is really important. So I realized that if I just spend a little bit of time with my girls, even if I'm just sitting outside while my oldest, she's learning the the ukulele. And so if I just sit outside and listen to her, she is so happy. She's got an audience. She's got me. She can talk to me if she wants to. And we're outside and she's just sitting on the porch playing the ukulele and I'm just sitting there listening to her. So I mean, it's things like that. I've taken walks with her here. I mean, you can walk as long as it's safe. You can walk anywhere. You know, you could even walk in your yard around your house if you don't feel comfortable walking down the street. Um, So, I mean, for moms, depending on where you are, you know, there are ways to, to have some time with them and to be outside and kind of to meet those two things at once, which really makes them feel in all honesty, more secure. It gives them more security and more confidence in themselves when we, as their moms, like take the time to spend time with them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, depending on where you live, you know, I'm fortunate I live in South Florida, so I live pretty close to the beach. I think that um, using nature um, is very therapeutic like if you can just go and look at the ocean if you can just go somewhere where there's lots of trees if you can just go somewhere Um, one of the things that we did lately like I mentioned my daughter is a cross-country runner and it's very intense and she's on a state championship team and there's a lot of I felt like she needed a break from all that intensity so she has a sweet friend who's an amazing um equestrian writer I guess that's the proper word. And so I said, Hey, would you like to go to the barn with your friend? And so she kind of jumped at that chance. So she's been going, we try like once a week, depending on her schedule, but um, to go out there. And then she said, you know, I think I like to learn how to ride. And I wanted to say something good on her. She goes like, but I don't want to compete. I just want to know how to ride a horse. And I just thought that was so cool to say, I just want to Get on the horse and know how to do it. And I think that that's so healthy. And I, and that's another way to connect with um, nature is animals, right? Um, just if you have a dog or if your neighbor has a dog or something, I just think animals are, you know, nature, um, animals are a great way to kind of bond with your kid too, you know?
2: Absolutely. And, and honestly, when we're getting down to the science of what we're saying, When you're spending time, um, God really, it's remarkable that the parent-child relationship is actually key. Um, Amy kind of mentioned something about this like of security, of how you're going to view the world, how you're going to do it. And the science behind God doing this is brilliant. It really is. So as children, um, so often if, if a mom or comes in and brings the five or six-year-old that is really dealing with anxiety, um, I will often turn my chair and say, how do you deal with anxiety, right? Like Because God created your child's loudest communication system is called the autonomic com- um, nervous system. You have it and I have it. I always explain it to kids that how do you know if you can't speak someone's language that they were upset? Oh, well, they're crying. I can see them. You know, it's the loudest communication is your nervous system. So in the house, when you have a teen girl and going back to those moments that we all are going to have when they are what we call dysregulated. It's a bad day. You know, frustration is flying in the house. Your loudest communicator from God is your nervous system. So going back to that Hezekiah thing is, if you can spend the time um, in scripture, you know, that it says like the peace comes from God and he will teach our children and they will know peace. And Isaiah 54, and it's like, if you want that, that comes from you knowing Jesus. And your nervous system actually comes down into a place where you let them borrow from your nervous system. And God created it that way. That's why we watch children that grow up to be very dysregulated adults often have dysregulated parents. It's very, very common. I'm not saying a blanket statement, but very often they learn to be dysregulated because that was the norm in their home. So when you start realizing it's not a tiny thing to have a relationship with your child, it's huge that God really created when they're having a toddler moment, they can borrow from you. So as a mom, it's a little exhausting. You got two people working on your nervous system, but praise God, he says, you will not grow weary. So even as a teen, when she is upset, I have a choice. I can either ride the crazy train, which I say all the time in my head. Oh no, 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 no. I'm not riding crazy train today. Right? Like I've been there and, and tomorrow I may, I might get a ticket to that, but today I'm going to be steadfast and hold where I am so that she can borrow peace from me. She can borrow calm from me and she can borrow being rational from me. And so that, that regulation happens when you spend that time with her Um, and and you're, how do you fix dysregulation? You offer regulation, right? And and that's what we say all all the time um, in counseling. Let me tell you what that doesn't mean though. We think that means when they're upset and they're like, ah, and it's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Teenagers are so good at authentication and they will look at an adult and know in three seconds if you are telling the truth or if you're covering it up. So regulation as a mom is, is going, I literally can feel right now how upset you are and I feel it too, right? I'm not covering it. I'm being honest to help them learn how to walk through it. As you were saying, that uncomfortable instead of the candy land feeling like to regulate uncomfortable, we join, but we don't ride the crazy train, right? We join in truth and going, I literally can feel it. It's making me upset too. I hear you but, and then you offer that piece. Does that make sense? Like, so regular.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Oh, so, so good. And um, so, so many things in my head, cause you guys know how I am. Like I start going, the trains are going. So um, this is a great place to stop because to take these words of wisdom, and that's why we called it insight and practical tips, because you gave us serious practical tips and some amazing insight, Julia, and we're so grateful for that. You also said a word that I think that we're gonna come back and do together, and that's anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll come back and we'll, um, the three of us will discuss and pray about this and see the next episode, um, how we can talk about that, because that's a whole thing. What
0: do you think, Amy? One thing I want to end us on, like one thing I just feel strongly in my heart about is um, I heard I did Passport to Purity with my kids from Focus on the Family, and it was incredible. And one thing that they said really stuck out to me. I mean, they talked a lot about a lot of stuff, but um, it was a lot of people tell you that these teenage years are like, just get through it. You know, it's going to be horrible, but it's, you know, you can make it. And one thing they said was, let's not think of it that way. Let's think of these years as some of the most beautiful years of their life. And I think I look at my kids sometimes and I'm like, "Mm, this is not beautiful. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to redeem this time for the Lord. I don't want their puberty, their teenage years, whatever, to be like this. I just want to forget those three years. Like, I want us as moms to be able to walk through this with them and go, you know, it was hard but it was so good and it was so challenging and we grew together and that just is going to set them up way better for life than if we're just constantly downing them and saying well you're a teenager and we're just going to get through this um I, every time i hear someone say that now i just kind of like oh please don't say that you know <laughs> so i mean i just want to end us with that like As we talk more about different things, think of it in that way. Think of it in the fact that these are amazing people that God created and there's no one like them. And so no one else in this world is going to glorify God like each one of our kids will and can't do it the same because they're not the same person. And so how can we redeem this time with them and make it, make it amazing?
1: Yeah. So this is why she's our senior teaching leader, right? I mean, (laughs) and Amy, I have to tell you this, that. Um, we had a, a breakfast, uh, a back to school breakfast, and there was about 12 moms. And of course, you weren't here because you were in Missouri. But I had, I went around the table and I said, tell us, because there was actually some new moms that had never done anything with next level moms before. And I said, um, tell to the ones that had been, I said, tell us what your favorite part has been. So the first gal says, I love it when Amy peaches," And the next one goes, she took mine. um, so i just want you to know we love you and gosh we love you so much Julie. you're so amazing and you know we always end this podcast with the question um what has brought you to the next level we usually ask that to someone but i think that we can all collectively say what's bringing us to the next level is our teenage girls so God gave them to us so that we can go to the next level. Yeah. So I love you girls. I can't wait till the next time we're together and um, we'll
0: see you guys soon. Thank you to our sponsors, the Social Mind Center and Basenji Adventures. Check out Social Mind Center on their website, socialmindcenter.com and the Basenji Adventures YouTube channel for lots of cute dog videos. Join us next time as we spend time together to connect, equip, and inspire each other.